When you think of dealing with your menstrual cycle, certain remedies probably come to mind. Advil or Motrin, hot water bottles and patches, taking a warm bath. You might not think food has anything to do with managing your cycle, unless you're talking about that giant bowl of chocolate ice cream that always seems to come to mind at a certain time of the month. But turns out eating has a lot to do with your menstrual health. Eating with your cycle in mind can help balance your hormones, ease the pain of cramps, regulate your cycle, and more. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Period Sis. I'm your host, Mandy B. And as always, this is brought to you by none other than the official box owner. If you haven't yet, again, make sure you go on over to officialboxowner.com. Join our mailing list, check out our products, and you do not want to miss our box drops. That's right. This month, we are dropping box number six. Can you believe it? We are past our one year mark and we are just steady going. And I'm super excited to be joined with a recurring guest at this point. This is another episode, another tale of womanhood for women by women. And you guys may know this guest. She is a previous box partner and someone I really enjoyed talking to. So we brought her back on. Everyone, if you can welcome Kate, who is the founder, CEO of Funkit Wellness. Um, we're going to sit here and talk everything periods because, duh, it's periods, sis. <laughs> hey, Kate. <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me. I always enjoy coming on here. It is one of the most like fun chats I get to have all day. So thanks for having me back. Well, I'm super excited because the last time I had you, we did talk about seed cycling as well as Makaru and its um, kind of healthful properties that also lead to increased libido and things of that nature. But today we're really going to focus on what a healthy period is, signs of it, ways that we can implement food to make our cycle a little bit more bearable for those of us with um, maybe painful periods or cramps or periods that go on way longer than maybe normal. So let's get into it. Where do you want to start off with this conversation? Yeah, such a good question. This is <laughs> definitely like the number one thing I get asked. And it's really interesting because we're not given a lot of education about this, which I know we talked about before, but it's like, can you believe this isn't like something we're really taught, like that there's four phases to the cycle, like what a normal period is and all of this. So maybe we should just start with actually what a normal period is. Let's let's absolutely start there, especially because a lot of the conversations and we talked about this in pre-production, but a lot of the women that come on to periods this share how when they know their period is not normal, they're still told, well, that's normal. So let's really get into what a normal period is or what it may look like. Yeah, and I think that's really important to point out because it gets really tricky to advocate for yourself when you're being told by someone you trust, like, that's normal, just deal with it. And yep. so let's go over what a normal period is. So first off, um, your period is one part of your cycle. So you have four parts to your cycle. Your okay. physical bleed is your period. That usually lasts three to seven days of bleeding. And that bleeding should be relatively, I mean, not light. The first two days, three days, usually heavier, and then some spotting. If you're bleeding through a pad or a tampon or a menstrual cup every couple hours, every two, three hours, that's definitely a sign that something could be off. Mm. Um, 
your period should not be painful. Which, like, dramatic pause there. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that should just turn up. Well, and that's definitely one of the things that has unfortunately been normalized is that during our cycle, specifically our period, it should be painful or the cramps. You know, some women just have unbearable cramps. Some don't. Even having the conversations with our friends growing up, like, oh, you're lucky you don't have cramps because mine are excruciating. I had friends that wouldn't even go to school during certain days of their periods. And so abnormal period, ladies, should not be painful. I did also no. want to ask you then, you said a normal period range is from three to seven days. Now, of course, there's outliers. What about the women who have periods for longer than a week? What, that would you is, suggest that to be checked as well? Yeah. So that's something that if you're bleeding more than seven days, especially if it's heavy bleeding, right. um, that's definitely when I would be like, Go talk to like a healthcare provider, your gynecologist, anyone you trust in the healthcare field because one, that's really hard on your body. You can, we can talk about this at the end, like you can like water your plants with diluted menstrual blood. So there's a, we can, it's really cool. My plants are thriving. Wait, wait, excuse me. Hold on. Now we have to take a pause. You're (laughs) telling me that you feed your plants, your period blood? Yes, and let Kate, me tell you why. Kate, why? <laughs> Kate, why do you do that? Kate, I need to know what's going on. <laughs> Listen. Okay, so think about like your period blood. So this is the other thing. This is a great time to touch on texture and consistency. So you're not leaving. To, you're not leaving the plants part yet. Nope. We're gonna circle back to it okay. because <laughs> there is a kind of period blood you probably aren't gonna want to feed your plants with. So. Your period blood should be the texture of sugar water. So you think about if you ever like have mixed sugar and water together, like Kool-Aid texture. It's thin, but it has a slight kind of like, it's a little thicker than just plain water. It should not have clots in it larger than the size of a dime. Okay. That's really important um, to note because a lot of people who have painful periods also have really big clots in their period. Mm. So... Those are two other things. And I'll recap at the end. We'll go through a list of, like, this is what a period should be. But it should have small clots and, like, sugar water. And so if you use a menstrual cup, um, you can actually take that blood and put it, like, one part menstrual blood, three parts water, and water your plants with it because it's really rich in, like, iron, calcium, (laughs) all these different things. If you fertilize your plants, I would dare you to check what's in there it's usually bones and animal blood now let me ask you this because there's definitely a smell with blood as well and so is that something where my house is going to smell like (laughs) pennies because i'm watering my plants with period blood like let me know what what can i expect as far as the smell because we definitely know that's there and i would love to as well get to what a normal smell of a period also should be as well. Yeah, that's actually a really great point that a lot of people don't bring up when it comes to periods because they definitely do have a distinct smell and it is that like penny irony smell. No, you're going to dilute it. So like you're only using like one third of it with like two parts water, one part blood. So it's very diluted and you're not going (laughs) to smell it. Okay. Um, you won't smell it. If you're nervous about it, you can start with your outside plants. Okay. 
I'm, I, I'm not good. I don't know about that. Like, I mean, yeah, no. Okay. Uh, but I guess the only way you would say to get it would be the women who are using menstrual cups. Menstrual you wouldn't, cups, you wouldn't seen... suggest straining out a tampon or a pad, correct? <laughs> I've like seen people do that. For me, it seems like a lot of work to do that and it's oxidized by then. And so I think if you have a menstrual cup, some people will soak their period panties too. It's like another thing. Um, but that's a side note. I say that to make you realize how much nu- nutrients and nutrition you lose through bleeding. Mm. So circling back to that extended bleed time, think about if you're continuously bleeding. I was on a birth control that caused me to, we talked about this in our other episode. I bled for two years, like a slow drip. Like it wasn't like a normal period, but it was like a slow drip. By the time I got that birth control out and got my iron levels checked, I was like so depleted. So you want to be, if it's longer than seven days and you have very heavy periods, definitely consider talking to your doctor about that and also getting your micronutrient levels checked because you're losing a lot through your period blood. Is that where then, of course, losing blood period, uh, of course, allows us or or causes us to lose these nutrients uh, during our cycle. Now, I know... Uh, your seeding, your uh, seed cycling um, products that you have over on Funkit Wellness definitely help replenish those. What other types of vitamins or, or um, I guess, yeah, just vitamins would you recommend women take during their cycle? Yeah. So when it comes to vitamins, I always go food first. Okay. Um, that's something that I think is really important to point out because One, the FDA doesn't regulate supplements until something goes wrong. (laughs) So, like, you know those protein, like the pre-workout that had, like, amphetamines in them? They're like, oh, we'll pull them off the market now. Right. So that's kind of the process there. And if you think about it, there's so many new supplements getting released every single day. It would be impossible to keep up with. So try getting your nutrients from your food first. If your doctor's recommended supplementation, though, that's totally fine. And there are definitely times and places, like, Vitamin D deficiency is a big one. Mm. Um, check with your doctor or there's a website called Consumer Labs, and you can actually type it in and see if that supplement has been third-party tested. Okay. Um, there's a couple, like heavy metals are really common in a lot of these supplements, So, and heavy metals have a big impact on pretty much everything in our body. Yep. Um, so that's my caution, tale of caution, being a dietitian, I... And working in a hospital, I just saw so many. Like, people would bring in their bucket of supplements, and I would go through and put them in the consumer labs. And I'd be like, you're exposed to this many heavy metals, this many fillers, wow. this much plastic. There's pl- it can be plastic in them. Like, it's crazy. So when it comes to that, I always say, you know, start with food first. But talking about specific nutrients... So, especially if you're on birth control, um, there are some things you should definitely know about. B vitamins are severely depleted um, when it comes to birth control. You can find those in a lot of, like, lean organic animal meats, um, nuts and seeds. That's a good place for B vitamins, leafy greens. Then vitamin C is also depleted, which you usually hear vitamin C in, like, relation with immunity. Right. Which is really important. We're recording this right before Christmas in December. Yeah. Um, so vitamin C, you can get from citrus fruit. You can get it from bell peppers. You can get it from any of those really, like, crisp t- tasting veggies. They're usually rich in vitamin C. 
Um, magnesium is another one that's yeah, really okay, important. So, and what food has magnesium? Because I definitely know, like my friend definitely uses the supplements. So yeah. could you tell me what food has magnesium in it? Yeah, that's a great one. So pumpkin seeds have magnesium in ah, them, which okay. is in the seed kits. Um, and I will say like magnesium's tricky because there's a lot of different kinds, especially when you're like talking about supplementation. Right. And some are better than others. Um, I will say I think 68% of America is deficient in magnesium. So okay. it's something that like if you have your routine checkup, you can always ask them to like test for micronutrient deficiencies. Um Disrupted sleep is a really big indication. Depressed mood, anxiety, those can all be related to a magnesium deficiency. Very interesting. So we started with the cycle of the actual period. What am I experiencing? Let's go before. Let's work our way backwards only because I know that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm PMSing. Yes. Okay. So let's quickly recap your actual yes. period. This is what you should expect. If you're not yep. having this, then talk to someone. Bleed time of three to seven days. The color should be the color of cranberry juice, like a dark, bright red. Um, yep. Your texture should be thick, thicker than water, like a sugar water. Um, cloth the size uh, between the size of rice and a dime. And you should only bleed between eight, six and eight teaspoons. This mm. blows people's minds. Up to 16 teaspoons is normal. Okay. A teaspoon is very small. Yeah. Um, and if you Te use a menstrual cup, you'll be surprised how little it actually is, like when you're dumping it out. Okay. Um, so, again, if you're soaking through, if you've got really painful periods, if they're lasting longer than seven days, um, also 21 to 35 days is a normal cycle. Okay. Which we're about to get into. So if you're having your period more often than every 21 days, or less often than every 35, that's another indication you might have a hormonal imbalance and want to check in with the doctor. Right, and and for you guys listening, I know I just uh, had the episode with Dr. Heather where she talks about using the menstrual cup um, specifically because she has fibroids. And so she was able to really uh, see how much blood she was losing um, by keeping track with the menstrual cup. She was able to see exactly how much she was bleeding. Again, when you're going through tampons or using pads, you may not have the exact gauge of how much blood you're actually using. So, uh, you know, I think that that's great that you also are familiar with the menstrual cup as well. I love it. And like the more I get into period health and like doing menstrual education, it's just one of those things where it forces you to get in touch with your anatomy and your body. Yep. Um, which for me was really intimidating and I really was like very skeptical. So there's all different size menstrual cups. There's so many YouTube videos that show you how to fold them and put them in. Yep. And if you're just starting, you can change them in the shower. I don't know if she touched on that, but if you're scared of the mess, try in the shower. Yeah, we've definitely had a whole episode um, about how to insert and clean and all then of that. you're good to go. Cups. Yes. Perfect. Okay, right. so moving on from your period. That's yes. your actual period. And so I don't know about you, but I always thought the pe your period and the menstrual cycle were the same thing. Same. Always. Yep. But they're not. And there's a reason it's called the cycle. So your period kicks off this cycle. So usually days like one through five to seven, that's going to be your period. If you've ever, and that's like, if you think about it in seasons, it sounds silly and a little woo-woo, but think about your body and it'll make sense. Your period would be like winter. 
So mm. like you're kind of introverted, you want to be warm and cozy. Your digestion's a little like slower sometimes. You might be craving more warm foods. Um, that's like your winter time. Okay. And you're reflecting and your hormones are low. So that's kind of why your energy can be low. Again, you shouldn't be exhausted. You should definitely be able to get out of bed. It shouldn't be painful, but you may just want to go on a walk instead of a hit class, that type of thing. You may not want to hang out with your friends. That's all normal and okay. Then we move into the follicular phase, which is associated with spring. If you've ever been okay. like, wow, I feel like myself again. Yep, it's because estrogen's coming back, testosterone, follicle-stimulating hormone, everything's starting to pick up. And, and, and just the, the hormones, hormones. I'm ready to have sex now. Although yep. a lot of women do also say that they are more aroused and horny on their period as well. But that could just, again, be to just your hormone levels changing during your period. Yeah, and I think, too, like, when your period's relatively pain-free and you're managing, like, your hormone balance, like, I think, like, that's a great time to have sex if you want to yeah, have sex. Yeah, nope, Go for nope, it. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm not laying a towel down. You can wait the three days that <laughs> my period lasts. <laughs> exactly, or use that as a break. And so, yeah, you're getting into your follicular phase with testosterone and estrogen rising. That's why your libido's coming back. You made me feel really creative, too. Yes. So what your body's doing, it's getting ready for ovulation. So, mm. you know, everyone always thinks about our period as being the main event of our cycle. And it is a fifth vital sign. It's a great window into your health. Ovulation is the main event. Of course. Because without ovulation, we can't keep progressing through the cycle. Progesterone's not going to happen. Okay. So follicle-stimulating hormone, estrogen, testosterone. That's just like a overview. We're getting ready for ovulation. The egg you release this month will have started to develop three cycles ago. Wow. So that's also really important because we usually associate, my period was really bad this month. What did I do this month? You need to think th back three cycles ago. What were you doing? I did. Okay, look at you putting me on. Okay. And so what, what are the things that it could have been? What, would it have been things like, stress, what I ate, exercise. So what I ate or the stress that I experienced or the exercising routine that I had three months ago is what's going to affect my period this month. Yeah. Wow. And the sleep you got. So that's something that I think is really underrated. So if anyone's period was late, I think November is when we fell back. If your period was late in November, this is like the sleep in your circadian rhythm can throw your cycle off pretty quickly. And mm. not to say like what you're doing this month, it still impacts it, but you started the foundation of that period three months ago. Got you. So, you know, were you getting enough sleep? Were you managing stress? Were you moving your body in a way that felt good versus like over or under exercise? What would your work schedule look like? Were you traveling? All of that plays in. And so whatever you did three months ago, laid the foundation for that egg and that period. It's also important if you're listening and trying to conceive, a lot of people think like, I'm just gonna be really healthy this month. And you know, that's great. Like that's an awesome first step. But if you wanna set your body up for success, you know, three months is a minimum like planning mm. period for that egg. Very, very, very interesting. And <laughs> I wonder how many of you knew that as well. Definitely write in the comments. Join me over on Twitter at Obox Owner. Let's talk about it. All right. So now the third cycle, if I'm not mistaken, then that's where ovulation is taking place. 
Yes. So you, your body has prepped, the estrogen to testosterone have risen, risen, follicle stimulating hormones come. You might feel really creative, outgoing. It's a, that was your follicular phase. Ovulation is interesting because yes. technically it's like a 24 hour window. Yes. It's one day the egg dissolves after 24 hours. What kind of makes it a phase though and why we're fertile about they say six days. It's realistically like three, but six to be safe. Um, there's a couple reasons. One, luteinizing hormone spikes. That's what causes the egg to be released. Okay. So that happens. Then the egg's released. And the pH of our vaginal canal changes for those six days, which can allow sperm to live inside of it. Mm. And sperm can live, if you have like a super swimmer, it can live up to six days. Okay. Um, so that's why ovulation or your fertile window is going to be about three to six days. Um, and that phase is kind of, if you ever just feel completely unstoppable, not how I feel today. I am le- <laughs> hardcore luteal phase today, which we'll get into next. But like unstoppable, it's a great time to like have a big sales pitch or like if you're trying to get like land a new client and sign them, it's a really good time for that. Great time for first dates, but be careful. <laughs> Um, For sure, be be careful. Fertile. Um, (laughs) And it's interesting. Your pheromones change, and you are actually, they've done research on it. The smell of your pheromones changing makes people physically and emotionally more attracted to you. What? Very interesting. So it's not my YSL perfume. It's (laughs) probably not. It's your natural perfume. Oh, wow. Coming out, and that's what perfume mimics. Okay. So that is like those sexy, sultry, like yummy perfumes. Like it's mimicking that musk or that like smell. And it's really funny. Pay attention into your life. Take notes. Like when you're feeling the most magnetic, you know, whatever you're doing in life, like take notes about it. I guarantee it's around ovulation. Wow. Which is crazy. And then let's get to the final stage. Here we go. And this is the one that gets a really bad rap. And if you have any kind of hormonal imbalance, you hate this phase. It's called your luteal phase. Which is the PMS phase, correct? Which is the PMS phase, and it's the longest phase. So everything we just talked about happens in about 14 days. Or, yeah, 14 days. The next 14 days are are all the luteal phase. Oh, my goodness. I will say there is a slight, so like after ovulation, that's a lot of like hormones and then progesterone starts to be released, which is supposed to be a a calming hormone. Right. Um, And another cool thing, so after the egg ruptures, it forms the corpus luteum, which then produces progesterone. Okay. It's why ovulation is very important because if you don't ovulate, the progesterone levels are not going to rise and they're not going to come in like they should, letting you go to that next phase. And so after that happens, um, usually like four days after ovulation, you still may be feeling the effects of that like unstoppableness. After that, I think it's usually for me around like cycle day, like I can feel it. I'm like, okay, the imposter syndrome starts to creep in, the anxiety. um, And this is a really interesting time because it can suck and it's literally half your month, but when you are managing, so sleeping enough, yep. um, your circadian rhythm is super important for your hormones and your whole body. Um, managing stress, which is really hard. And like we I, talked about I was about, about to say, we're still going through the panorama. I 
don't know. And also, especially around this time of year, a lot of people are dealing with seasonal depression. Yes. And so add that onto the fact that you're also experiencing your cycle as normal as every other month of the year. All of these added weights and pressures of the holidays, seeing family, again, having people around you test positive for COVID. Like that adds to the stress, which can, of course, bring you all the way down as well. It does. And I think that's what I really would like to drive home in this part of the cycle is give yourself a break. I know that it's so hard. Trust me, like I'm a business owner as well. And I can't really afford to not be feeling myself 24-7 because I'm constantly trying to put myself out there. But give yourself a break. And, you know, if you're really like if you get into this phase and you're really questioning yourself, if you're really down, you know, this is a great time to rewire those pathways. So I kind of think of it as like we put on this brave front and then the luteal phase hits and it kind of gets to the core. So what Mm. what are you scared of? You know, what are you feeling underneath? And also like hormone shifts like the progesterone inhibits or like can inhibit GABA and serotonin. These are two really important things for brain cognitive function, mood, emotion. Um, And that's a lot of information, but all of that to say, this phase can have more anxiety, more depression. Um, I'm gonna teach you guys how to navigate and mitigate that next, but it also can be painful. You can get acne in this phase, you can get cramps, Um, your breasts can be sore as the size of watermelons. And that's what happens to me. I know my period is right around the corner because my breasts are just, not only are they just more heavy, they literally hurt. My breasts, my breasts tell on my body all the time. I know exactly what's to come by my breasts. And so that's a really important point too. So all of that stuff can happen throughout this phase. And unfortunately, like you're just still have to keep living your life, still have to keep going to work, still have to keep doing all these things. Welcome to womanhood. (laughs) It is. And I always point out we are on like on average a 28 day cycle, 21 to 35 day cycle. Men are on a 24 hour cycle. The world is also on a 24 hour cycle. There we go. And so while they reset each night, we recharge. Right. And so it's very different. And so learning these phases and being aware, even if you don't change anything else, if you just know this and you can be a little kinder with yourself and plan your life a little bit around it, I think it's really helpful. Um, but experiencing all that in your luteal phase isn't normal. Um, okay. And so you don't have to feel that way. Um, one other thing is PMDD is a lot more common than people realize. And so if you get to this phase, And it's more than just mood swings. If it's really, really deep, like depression, if it's altering your life, um, you know, if you feel really hopeless around this time, that is something that actually is more common than a lot of people admit. Yeah, we had we had a conversation. Yeah, Yeah. and and what she's talking about as well um, can go as extreme to being suicidal ideations. And so this is 100%. If you're getting that depressed during this time of your month, you for sure want to seek medical help. Your doctor, maybe go to a gyno um, because there are medications that could be given to help you with this for sure. That's what I was just going to say. So like if that's what you're experiencing, reach out to them. They will know exactly how to help and what to do. There's a lot of great medications that can help with this and you definitely don't have to feel that way. So 
just to touch on that because there is a difference between like PMS yep. and experiencing PMDD. Because I'm going to talk about some things you can do at home that are more holistic next, but I wanted to make that differentiator. Like Absolutely. if that's how you're feeling, definitely talk to your doctor. There is nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with doing taking a medication to support you and live the life that you want to live. 100%. Okay. So that was my spiel on that because I always just want people to know that. So that was a lot of information. You've got four yes. phases of your cycle. <laughs> your period shouldn't be painful. You shouldn't like, you know, feel like you want to change your life every month, all these things. But you can do some really, you can do some things for free that will help you. Getting plenty of sleep is really important and it's really hard. We work in a very overstimulated world. Yes, we do. Creating a sleep routine as simple as getting a real alarm clock and putting your phone on airplane mode. Or, mm. um, you know, if you can, sleep with your window cracked and see if you can just wake up with the natural sunlight. Um, another free thing you can do to help with sleep is just walking outside right before the sun sets. Do a quick lap while the sun is setting. You can go on a five-minute walk. It, your melatonin will start to be produced. And then just try to limit screen time after that. It's hard when the sun sets at four, I know. It is. It is. I was about <laughs> to say, and I think that that's leading as well to a bit of, again, the seasonal depression that we talk about, the lack of sunlight during our day to where some of us are going to work when it's dark and leaving when it's dark. So you're not getting that natural vitamin D from the sun. So. Yeah. So that's like when taking vitamin D is really important. 100%. And you can talk to your doctor and they'll get you like a, they can recommend it or go on consumer labs and you can find a good one through that. So sleep routine, stress management. Again, we just touched on this. It's a really stressful time of the year, but what's one thing a day you can do for yourself? Mm, um, is that. it For me, it's a gratitude list. Before I even open my eyes, I go through five things I'm grateful for. They can be, uh, my dog's on there every day. So like... <laughs> It doesn't have to be like groundbreaking stuff, but you know, what are you grateful for? See if you can help with that. Putting, if you are able to do this, if you sit on the ground and put your legs up and kind of like re, it resets your body. So like push your butt to the wall and put your legs up. So it's like this. Ah, it, you're, you're putting me onto something again. It's free and it's something that you can do to just kind of reset your body and de-stress. Take five minutes to do it. I also um, wanted to ask you before we get out of here, you mentioned writing things down um what are your tips or suggestions regarding either a monthly journal or any app that you think would be something a lot more useful to maybe the person on the go who may not want to carry a journal with them every day let's talk about that yeah i feel that i want to be a journal person so, <laughs> so bad and i'm just not this is not who i am um if you are a journal person like just one like a planner that has a calendar in it um just put in like the first day of your period the last day of your period and then like if you have a really good day like note it down like great day if you have cramps note it down if you have breast tenderness note it down and then okay. do that for three months and see if you can find any patterns mm. um because then, because everyone's cycle is going to be a little different, um, yep. just like we talked about. It's not going to be exactly what I said. Also, if a month is really good or really bad, note that down and just kind of like some things that are going on. So that's how you can do it in a journal. You'll be able to find patterns. Um, if you have an app, I use the Flow app, but there's like Flow, Clue, Kindara. There's all kinds of apps. There's a ton of apps. 
I like it and I actually, my partner has the app too and I like us to cycle track together because I use it for birth control. Got you. And I don't think it's just my responsibility. And so he cycle tracks with me. It's a pretty cool app. He, uh, he has like only <laughs> brothers and like 20 boy cousins and we grew up in the South and no one <laughs> talked about periods. And now he's married. And to, not to, to the period queen. <laughs> yeah. And so he cycle tracks. He seed cycles with me. Like he's very into it now. So it can. That's amazing. Even for the most unlikely of people, it can be a really good bonding experience. And it actually includes them like in understanding your body. Because I don't think anyone wants to just be annoyed at someone. I think they want to understand. Right. And mind um, you, well, and one of the other things outside of birth control um, men also aren't aware that sometimes our vaginal uh, secretion or dryness has to do with where we are in that cycle as well. Yes. So instead of your partner feeling as though you're not aroused because maybe you're not dripping wet and now you have to bring lube into the bedroom, I think it could also help your partner in understanding that it's not them as to why you may not be getting as wet, but literally just where you are in your cycle. Such a good point because I think we talked about this in our last podcast. Like I've had a whole sexual journey and I think the blame <laughs> game is so easy. It is. And it's so easy to get in your own head. I also like there are times in my cycle I literally cannot have enough sex. And there's other times yep. I literally could care less about sex. Same. Or couldn't care less about sex. Right. And so <laughs> I think it's important like for everyone to be on the same page because then you understand like, oh, it's my cycle. It's where I am. And you don't, it's not like, I'm never going to want to have sex again. It's like, no, in two days, I actually probably will be ready and my body will shift. Um, right. So that's a really good point. So I recommend apps, like for me, an app's easy. And look, we all have our phones all the time. So Absolutely. Well, Kate, let our listeners know where they can find you. And if they're interested in seed cycling, give them the website as well. Again, and you have so much information on your Instagram. So please share all of those sources with our box owners, please. Yes. Okay. So funkitwellness.com is where you can come and shop and learn. We've got so much good information. We've got seed cycling kits if you have PMS or anything related with like painful bad periods. Seed cycling kit's going to be your go-to. If you're familiar with perimenopause, we also have a blend for that. We've got maca, which is for energy, vitality, and libido. Yes. Um, and so that's funkitwellness.com. And then funk.it.wellness is our Instagram. It's the best place to talk to us and the best place to learn for free. We also have a TikTok now, funkitwellness. Um, go follow us on TikTok. And then I'm, I'm jealous. I still can't figure out. The TikTok, which your content on, on Funk It Wellness Instagram is is wonderful. I don't do the TikTok content. That's okay. all sissy, my Gen Z queen. Like, she is, like, very good at TikTok. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and then my Instagram is carbs, like like the food, carbs and Kate. And so if you want to talk to me about any of this, just let me know. We'd love to hear from you. And, yeah, definitely learn more about seed cycling. It's a really cool natural tool. Kate, thank you so much for joining us yet again on Period Sis. And this is what a period should be. Um, so hope you guys had your pens and papers out during this. Or if you're a millennial or Gen Z, your notepad on your iPhone. Um, Kate, thank you again. And this has been another episode of Period Sis. Bye, guys. Bye.
Vitamin D plays a critical role in reproductive health and mood regulation and has been a hot button topic in its relation to PMS. Research has shown that women who ate a diet high in vitamin D reduced their risk of PMS by 40%, and studies suggest that consuming daily doses of vitamin D and calcium supplements may help to limit mood swings and decrease anxiety and stress. Foods like eggs with cheese, yum, or salmon with bok choy will set you up for the perfect combo of calcium and vitamin D light. Don't forget vitamin B6. Lots of research has found that vitamin B6 can manage PMS symptoms. The vitamin synthesizes more feel-good neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin to turn that frown upside down. Seek out foods like bananas, brown rice, and eggs. Make sure you're getting enough zinc. This nutrient plays a vital role in regulating the menstrual cycle and making sure all hormones are working properly. In fact, zinc helps to power up thyroid hormones that are essential in regulating the menstrual cycle. Plus, a lack of zinc can disrupt normal ovulation and can prevent the release of an egg. So sprinkle your life with zinc by eating more pumpkin seeds, shellfish, and legumes.